We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. I'm Alex. I have signed Charlotte with me to look at a simply massive week for Newcastle United as we host Brentford at home on Saturday at 5.30. Then we go to Milan for our first Champions League fixture before finishing the week at Sheffield United on Sunday at 4.30pm. We're going to get into what that week looks like for Newcastle United, what it means and why in terms of what we have to do and where Newcastle United are after a, well, let's face it, very difficult start to the season in terms of expectation, possibly but certainly expectation after that glorious demolition of Aston Villa. Very quick one for me, we're on Patreon this week. We are building up to uh, that Brentford game and much more. Come and join us. We have special guests. We have lots and lots of Newcastle United content. You can listen to it through the Patreon app or through your podcast app of choice. It's between three and eight pounds a month and you keep this podcast going by doing that. So please come and support us. We'd be very, very grateful. So it's a massive week for Newcastle United. In your opinion, in what kind of state do they enter this week? Um, I think, as I said after last week's pod, after the Brighton game, it's not panic stations. Uh, I think what we needed was a week, um, two weeks away to to really kind of work out what we're trying to do because I think bar the, the, the handful of kind of underperformances player-wise, there's just something not quite clicking. So there's work to be done there, but there's always, the, we, we've faced problems like this before and found an answer and international breaks and uh, a, a more welcoming fixture to follow the international break can be the catalyst there. So I don't... I don't think there's going to be a huge amount of change in the way we approach this next game. Um, AC Milan's slightly different. We'll maybe get on to that. But I just think, you know, the, what, what what we're probably looking at is just the tweaks that we need to to kind of turn the, the reduce the, uh, the Aston Villa performance. So I don't really think, I'm not expecting everything to be suddenly different uh, for this one. I think Eddie Howe will be telling the lads, right, we nearly got it right. We, we, Villa was fine. AC Milan was, uh, AC Milan. Uh, Man City was okay. Uh, Liverpool was great until 70 minutes. And just like at the start of last season, it was kind of those incremental imp- improvements as each game went. And we got there. And I just think that's where we're going. I don't think it'll be rip up the, the tactics book. I don't think mm-hmm. it'll be we need to try something else. I think it'll be more of the same, lads. But these are the tweaks we need to make to make it work. Agreed. I don't think Eddie Howe's the kind of person. He doesn't strike me as a, as a sort of um, reactive manager in that way, he Doesn't as, as a person in that way. Um I don't think he's going to be looking at his squad and thinking, I'm getting this totally wrong. Everything's wrong. I think, like Sia says, there are tweaks to be made. There's probably some confidence to be built back up. Um, we didn't have Botman last last weekend, so that's, that's a big part of it. Hopefully he'll be back. Um, and... I don't think that I don't think we're panic. I agree. I don't think we're panic stations. There haven't been great performances, but we have people at the helm 
who I still trust, who I still think are looking at this and working out how to get it right, and we will get it right. Yeah, you went here, Charlotte, for the last podcast after Brighton. Sorry. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know where, where are you with Newcastle start to the season? Like, are you, are you gutted? Or you, is it going to be fine? You know, t- tell me which camp you're in, because me and you've talked about this on our small YouTube show that we do. You're either not allowed to talk about it. Mm. <laughs> or, you're, or you're not allowed Yeah, you're not allowed to think negative thoughts or everything is terrible and the disasters are awaiting us. Which one Do, are you in? Is it binary, is that? It's binary. Oh, right. Um, no, I don't think all is lost. It's, it, it's disappointing to have had such a great opening game where you're just hysterically laughing by the fifth goal <laughs> and it's really fun. And, and think or like get yourself into a headspace where you think that's how all the games are going to go. And yeah, okay, Man City was never going to go that way. That's okay. Liverpool, that's a massive disappointment. Brighton, that's another disappointment. But I don't think... Wait, what are my options? What are my binary options here? Like, everything's terrible or things are going to be fine. Yeah. I think things are going to be fine. That's good. Do you? Yeah, of course I do. I also think this little break that we've had to to kind of... You know, you don't think that much about Newcastle during the national break. It's not like we're all watching international football or most people anyway but there is also a sense of just kind of taking stock and looking at where we were this time last season people having conversations at the start of last season about Newcastle being poor about not putting enough points on the board about performances against Bournemouth and Palace in particular Wolves away being kind of substandard Newcastle could have lost all three of those games could have won them one as well Brighton away as well yeah Mm -hmm. Brighton away being a great point but but a questionable performance so there's there's a lot of football still to be played and like you say Charlotte if we didn't have that intense high of Aston Villa you might be thinking, what are these lads actually capable of this mm. season? Well, we know what they're capable of. They did it. And, and Eddie Howe, I'm going to talk about this later in the show, but Eddie Howe obviously has that template performance in his head to think, if, if we get it right against Brentford, what, like, Brentford aren't going to do anything. You know, Brentford can't stop. If, if we are on form and we take our chances like we did against Villa, even though we missed a few, there is very little other teams can do to stop us. And that's a very powerful position to be in. Having said that, if Brentford do the unthinkable and go down to 10 men, we're fucked. That's part, that's part of God the God forbid they go down to nine. But, but ultimately, you know, to answer, to, to answer my own question, I think Newcastle are in a, in a decent position. They've got a squad full of good players to pick from. There are issues that they'll have been working on, at least from a coaching perspective, during the international break. Yes, all of the class lads have been away on international duty. Very few lads actually stay and work with, with Eddie Howe. But there'll be a real sense of, of injustice and, and willing to put some of those wrongs right and it just kind of builds up into what what isn't an easy fixture against Brentford who are a very good side they're without their best player for issues we'll not go into on this podcast but it's just like I just kind of to, to move us into the second part of part one um I just think what a week you know Kieran Trippi is the one who coined the phrase pressure is a privilege but what a week we've got coming up two eminently winnable Premier League games, a trip to the San Siro in Milan for our first Champions League fixture in 20 years and first European fixture in a decade. It's not a bad position to be in as a fan, as a football yeah. club, as a football team, as a football manager. It's, an, it's actually an incredible position to be in and I'm really, really, really excited about it. So what do you think, Charlotte? What do Newcastle United need to do to get out of this week and say, we've had a lovely old week there? Win all three games. <laughs> um, is that what you mean? Do you mean, like, what yeah, do we need exactly to do on the pitch? Yeah, what, what's a good week? A good week. Um, uh, f- four points from those games, I think. Um, and 
I would a good re, great we would be a win at the San Siro, right? But a draw would would do me very very comfortable. I'd be absolutely buzzing with a draw going into the like uh, next few games in that group stage. So uh, win a draw and a draw, that's a good week for me. Sorry, is it too ambitious? No. <laughs> okay. I think we need to win all three games. Oh, um, I changed my mind. I know you're surprised at me saying this because I'm normally quite quite uh, reason, um, reasoned with the lads uh, and I'm, I'm willing Cynical. to bend that out. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think obviously Brenton's ma- Brentford's massive. We we need to get points back on the board. We need to get us back on track. I think you said it before, Charlotte. Confidence is becoming a bit of an issue with some of the lads. I'm talking Bruno. Mm-hmm, his passing's mm-hmm. been off. Joe Linton's just not been the same guy. Even Isaac in the last three games has barely gone on the ball. He's not really been involved, and that might not be his confidence. That might just be us not finding him. But either way, something's been off about several players. So. A win against Brentford would set us up nicely for those following two games. I do, I just think if we can beat AC Milan at San Siro, that will kickstart our season big time. That'll be the big result. That'll be the game that everyone's talking about. Newcastle will be back. You know, uh, I think if you win one nil, two nil against Brentford, it's great. We, it's exactly what we need, but it won't kickstart our season. Mm. A result, let's say a result. We don't have to win all three games. A result in all three fixtures is crucial. I think we need six points from the Premier League games. I think we definitely need to win both the Premier League games, but. Um, we need something at San Siro. We don't want to go there and be humbled and just be like, oh, well, we're in the Champions League, but we're, we're getting beat and we're going to be out. And then you just kind of, the pressure grows on those Premier League games. Whereas if you win against AC Milan, people are going to think, bloody hell, Newcastle have just beat AC Milan. And then I just like that. I think we need this. I think we need it. Interesting that you've kind of both on a sliding scale of what you need, Charlotte. You're, you, you, I wouldn't call them low expectations, but you're happy with... I'm trying to be conservative. Yeah, you're, you're happy with... Why have we swapped? What's going on? <laughs> Something's not right. Sorry, you, you think possibly winning all three or definitely winning the Premier League games. I have to agree with you in the sense of the. I'm going to Milan and Dortmund, and people listen to this will have various flights, trains, coaches, trains, boats, planes, and automobiles yeah, booked and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's not like I, I'm kind of qualifying my answer before I give it. I care very much about Newcastle's Champions League game against Milan. I'm spending a lot of time, a lot of money to go, but. The Premier League is by far and away our most important competition this season. Nothing else comes close. Newcastle can lose in Milan and it'd be fine without getting into the you know the conversations about performance or scorelines or whatever. Newcastle can get out of the Champions League group if they lose in Milan. Makes it much more difficult, but they mm. can. Um, Newcastle can still finish third in the Champions League group, which to many would be success. That's okay. If Newcastle fail to beat Sheffield United, questions will be asked. You only lose yeah. or mm. fail to beat Sheffield United if the following happens. Number one, they work harder than you. Number two, they take your chances and you miss chances. Or number three, you do something daft, like we saw against Liverpool, with the mistakes and all that kind of stuff. So that Sheffield United game is a must-win. Whenever any top side goes to a team with that budget and that playing staff, I'm just going to say no disrespect to them, absolute disrespect to them. They're not very good. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a criticism, it's just a fact. Um, I think Castle have to win that game, in my opinion. I'm going to that one as well. Brentford, I think, for all of the wrongs we've seen, Brentford is the fixture to put them right. You're in front of your home fans. Newcastle have actually, bar the last 10 minutes against Liverpool, they've put in two very competent home performances and were better 11 v 11 than both Aston Villa and both Liverpool, both two, two teams that are predicted to be in most people's top six this season outside of Newcastle. I think if they can win those two Premier League games, just Milan's a bonus. I think the interesting thing about Milan is we don't know how we're going to fare because we're not used to this. Like Man City fans and even Arsenal fans to a degree but we'll see but you know, Man City certainly and Liverpool they kind of know that their team when, whenever they face European opposition tend to be better mm. that Premier League dominance does translate into European dominance against European sides we we just have no idea I assume it will 
I assume are much better than Milan, but you know people don't like hearing that. But the Premier League is much stronger. Newcastle yeah. finished fourth in the Premier League last season. Um, it's just going to be really, really interesting. But that's almost separate because we've. I don't think we have to win both of these games to finish in the Champions League. Far from it. So there's still much to play for this season. But in terms of completely switching that narrative, if we can bounce out of Sheffield United and Bramall Lane or turning Sky Sports off on Sunday night with six points from this week and whatever happens in Milan happens, that's one hell of a week. And I kind of think back to last season and we had Man United away, Everton at home and Spurs away in the space of a week two at the time, incredibly difficult away games and like kind of a little bit of a resurgent Everton under Frank Lampard. And that was kind of seen. We'd only won three of the first eight at that point. And we really got out of that week thinking, this is a good size. They, they had these challenges they overcame all of these challenges. They could have won at Old Trafford, should have had a penalty at Old Trafford. They beat Everton convincingly just by the scoreline and put in one of the kind of season-defining performances at Spurs. I kind of feel like this week is not too dissimilar to that week. There are questions being asked. What can we do to kind of frame the season from here on in? And, there's, and like I keep saying there's a lot of football to be played, but I just feel like it's a massive opportunity. And that's the nice thing about these weeks, having these opportunities when you're a shit side, you have these kind of three-game weeks and you're like, if we lose, all is lost. If we lose, like, who are we going to beat? Mm. Newcastle, whatever happens this week, are a good side and we'll beat lots of teams this season. But I just think this is kind of a perfect week to really get out of this funk that we've been in, try and address some of the tactical issues we've been talking about in previous podcasts and we'll talk about later in this show and, um, and show everyone that we're classic. And ultimately, we'll move on to part two of the show. There are some adverts coming up. Uh, if you don't want to listen to the advert on this podcast it's released on our patreon platform a little bit before this free podcast release it's only three pounds a month uh, and you get all of these shows ad free back after these we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's get into specifics, Sai. You've talked before about not being particularly uh, worried or fussed about the team and the results and that kind of thing. Lots and lots of conversations about the makeup of Newcastle's midfield, who plays right sides for Newcastle. Um, in an ideal world, what do you think Howe should do to, to achieve the things that you're expecting to achieve? 
I mean, other than the obvious, which is bring Sean Longstaff back into the midfield. Um, Four. Uh, either Bruno or Tonali. Wow. Um, <laughs> I just think, well... The, Can you imagine? The, two players with Champions League experience. Well, okay, yeah. So they're not, they haven't worked well together and they've both been away in different continents over the international break. So it's not like they've had a chance to work on things. I'm, I'm, they'll be back next week, obviously, but... Um, or this week, as it is Monday. Um, the... <laughs> Longstaff brings balance to that midfield. And for that home game, especially against Brentford, I think you just want him and or, you know, some of the other um, tried and trusted lads back in the team. I think I think the likes of Bruno, Joe Linton, maybe even Isaac could have one eye on that Champions League fixer. So I'd be even tempted to, uh, or not surprised, if we saw Wilson start this Brentford game as well. Mm. Again, not this isn't dropping Isaac. This is, Isaac might be thinking that game on uh, Tuesday is the, is the one that matters and they'll, they'll all be thinking about it. So... There's there's a there's a scope there to to put out the lads who you you know can be trusted to to do the job against Brentford and I'm not saying you can't trust those other lads I just think Bruno's quite an emotional player Joe Linton's not 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 being in the right place the last couple of games and who knows if, if this international break's done them any good but for me I think back to basics Longstaff's basics but he, he does them well um, at St James's Park he's 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 a loved player in, in that in that stadium and yeah I, I'd be tempted to give Wilson a, a chance. He's not more loved than Bruno Gamarius, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. By you. <laughs> the, wild, the singular experience. Wild if I would drop Bruno and played Longstaff. Wild. I, I cannot see that happening. I cannot see that. More likely, more likely Tonali, because he, he is another player who will have his eyes firmly on the San Siro fixture. I think we might see a bit of um, bench. Well, we always he always uses his subs, but I think we might see a little bit more rotation from the bench on Saturday. But I don't... I don't think the starting lineups can change based on what we've seen for the first few games. If things aren't clicking, and, and I think that the way that we're looking at things on the pitch, they're not, some of it's not clicking. Bruno and Tonali maybe not, aren't clicking. Okay, the way to combat that is not to stop them playing together. And I think what we're just going to see is more and more of, of, of these players. Perhaps you're going to see Bruno in a more advanced position and Tonali drop back a little bit, but perhaps we're going to try those kinds of tweaks. You know, you're talking about these little tweaks that are going to be made. They're not going to be wholesale changes. Mm. I would be extremely surprised if, if the starting lineup on Saturday is different. Fuck, I get Barnes in as well. Just, <laughs> just, just rip it all up. Well, that's, that's what I was going to talk about, actually, is, is that, uh, again, uh, apologies to anyone listening who firmly disagrees with what I'm about to say, but it's nothing personal. I think most fans going into that stadium at the weekend, if there's one change they might like to see, it would be Gordon for Almiron and Barnes mm, coming in. Mm-hmm. Now, it's one of those changes that if it doesn't work, where do you go from there? <laughs> like, if you're really that... If you've come out so strongly against Miguel Almiron, like, if that doesn't work, if there are the same kind of balance issues that, that they're often off in Newcastle between the left and right, where do you go? But... Barnes and Gordon are two forty million pound footballers. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be the balance issues that mm-hmm. if they're playing, we should be able to expect a lot from them. And Anthony Gordon's probably been Newcastle's best player, if not one of the best players so far this season. I think Charlotte's right. I don't think he'll change it. I think he. I don't want to say the, the Villa result has be has caused a headache for him, but to go back to a lot of the conversations we had in this podcast preseason and a lot of the discourse in the print media or traditional media and also just online was that this is the season of rotation. You will see rotation every game. How won't have a starting eleven. You might have a starting eleven for certain scenarios, certain situations. You're gonna get you're gonna get players coming in who you don't expect. You're gonna get Livermento start. You're gonna get all of these things. And now whilst we're only four games in, all of that so far has been bullshit. Like he's that is how no people are like how 
how Will won't know his starting eleven. He fucking does. He's yeah. picked the same team for four games in a row, which is the only Premier League manager to do that. He, he knows his best team. Doesn't mean it'll be his best team on December the 16th. Mm. But right now, I think he thinks that's his best team. And, you know, he might make changes. I, I personally would probably rather he did what you said there, Si. I, I, not with Longstaff, obviously, but in terms of, you know, Gordon, uh, Gordon and Barnes just seem to be Newcastle's best two wide players, get them both in the team. It, do, it could be one of those fixtures where when Aleron suggests, you know, reminds us all of why he consistently gets picked. He hits the crossbar on the post against Liverpool and was sat here with him potentially on two goals in the Premier League and it looks a little bit different. But ultimately, Almiron is one of those players who's been able to justify his performance to fans at least, maybe not coaching staff, with goals, with mm. output. And he hasn't delivered it so far this season. So whilst I think it'll be the same team, um, Charlotte, I do think that if it doesn't happen, you, you could see changes for Sheffield United, definitely. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't disagree with that, and I think Almiron maybe has rolled his ankle or something while on duty in Paraguay. I think he's still playing or always is still in the squad, but um, maybe a question mark there about that. It'd be fine if it's his right foot, so <laughs> <laughs> don't need to worry about it. Um, but yeah, I think I think will I think he will start this weekend, and then TBC post that that that's kind of a, a more of a defining game for him than any other player. But I. I yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Because I actually think he responds really well to this sort of criticism and questioning. We had the Alma Renaissance last, last year when he just couldn't stop scoring before the World Cup break. And that was, I think, in response to a similar line of questioning and a similar sort of, well, what's going on there then? So maybe it'll have the same effect. He's a year older. He's, 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 a, he's, a, different, he's a different man. He's not a different man. That's so ridiculous. But maybe we're not going to have a carbon copy of what happened last season. But... I wonder if the pressure will be a good thing for him. It's interesting to me that the conversations about squad depth and people maybe naturally are questioning Newcastle's transfer window business since we haven't seen any of these lads that we paid a lot of money for play really or start a game apart from Tonali. Um, and it's that lots of people have talked about the importance of depth this season, but whenever Howe tries to introduce depth from the bench, it all seems to fall apart or certainly the team gets much, much worse I'll just open this to either of you. Do you think he's learned anything in that respect from the first four games or were each of those four fixtures so unique in their own right that we're just going to kind of see more of the same triple sub on 65, long staff, get yourself on, Wilson, get yourself on and hopefully do the job, which, by the way, to be fair, did work against Austin Villa very well. Yeah. yeah, I think that's exactly it. I think it was he's learned that you probably can't do that even against 10 men against Liverpool because they're good enough to... If, if you make three changes at the same time, it's going to disrupt your flow. And they, they capitalised on that, didn't they? Whereas, you know, if you do what we did against Aston Villa, which was the three subs were brought on to twist the knife, which is what it was supposed to do against Liverpool, by the way. And we yeah. nearly did score immediately after mm-hmm. making the changes and then didn't. And then what happened, happened. But that the whole point of Barnes off the bench, Wilson off the bench, is to twist the knife, is to score another goal, it's to finish off the game. It's not to see out the fixtures. Maybe bringing on Longstaff is to shore up the midfield. It's to add legs for the likes of Bruno and Tonali, who don't seem to have 90 minutes in them yet, which is something I hope changes yeah, by... 89 minutes for Italy. What's going on yeah, there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, Something's you know, seriously wrong. Equally, and, and Howe said it, and I agree with this, is that these lads have all proven themselves as well, and they should be trusted to play 30 minutes of a, of a Premier League fixture. It shouldn't be with... You know, it shouldn't... It shouldn't have affected the game as much as it had. Maybe that's caused, caused, uh, caught him by surprise because I think he's right. I think when you bring Wilson on for half an hour, you expect a goal. When you bring Longstaff on for half an hour, you think, well, he's going to run for 30 minutes when the other team's tired. 
Um, Barnes as well. You just think he's he's the perfect impact sub for for those last twenty minutes, and it didn't work against Liverpool. But for Barnes rolling it over to Wilson as well, that sh- that should have been a goal. Um, I think yeah, I think he probably won't have <laughs> learned too much, is what I'm saying, because those four fixtures were so difficult, and the subs didn't quite impact the game in the way that they probably will again against some of the teams that we're playing uh, in the next week. Thoughts, Charlotte? Yeah, I mean. I think, I don't think, oh, I don't know. I don't think we're going to see the triple 65-minute sub. I think that's been under a lot of scrutiny. I can't wait for him kicking off at the triple 65-minute <laughs> sub next week on Sunday. I think that's been under a lot of scrutiny, although I do think that there needs to be um, substitutions made because it's a three-game week and because I think they need to be really carefully considered. Substitute. Not that they're not normally, but it, it has felt in the last couple of games like, Here's what we do at this time. And maybe I'm just being really harsh and maybe that's Eddie Howe, you know, Eddie Howe and his coaching staff would listen to that and say, like, what the fuck do you know? (laughs) We do this with consideration. But I think it's, yeah, I don't don't think that's what's going to happen. I think we might even see, if the game's going well, we might see earlier ones to kind of protect the legs of some of our our stronger players. Um, If it's going badly... I mean, maybe it'll be around that 65-minute mark. I don't think it's going to go badly, though, so I don't think so. But I think your your point on squad depth is, is an interesting one. We, we didn't have any squad depth last season. We were talking about this before. We were, sometimes we talk before we record. And uh, we, we didn't have any. This is what people were, were gagging for all summer. We need this squad depth. We finished fourth. So we, what we've got on the pitch is is, is good enough. And I, and I think we just really need any substitutions to be... I don't know, to feel less thrown on, which is probably me being harsh. I think whenever you buy new players, and yeah, Tonali, Barnes, and we'll, we'll, we'll throw Gordon, and we thought they'd all be starting immediately because they're all improvements to the squad that we had, but how had a system that worked, you had players that worked, you had everything working, so in reducing new players was always going to take a bit of time and a bit of challenge, but I think what you said before, Dodds, about... I think you're both right. I think we'll probably see the exact same team and the exact mm-hmm. same pretty much rinse and repeat for Brentford, and if it works, great... He was, he's vindicated. If it doesn't work, then he's got a real, some questions to answer. I think regardless, Sheffield United away is the game where we'll start to see some changes. You know, that AC Milan game mm-hmm. is going to be both physically and emotionally draining on, yeah. on the whole team, as well as the travel and travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd also go as far as to say, if by Sheffield United away, Harvey Barnes hasn't started a game for us, even Elliot Anderson deserves to start mm-hmm. a game. If you're not going to start him at Sheffield away, when he's had the preseason he's had and all the lads have just been Italy and back, when are you going to start these players? So that's when I'd start be asking the question of you've got to use this squad. Sheffield United away, yes, we don't want to disrespect them, albeit they'll be, they're going to lose against Spurs this weekend. So they're going to go into that game with one point on the board. So really, we've got to be able to trust some of these other lads to come in and, and play those games because we've got another Champions League game to come after that. And it's just like, and the League Cup, uh, lest we forget, um, oh against Man wow. City. God, I um, had forgotten. <laughs> it's If we're not using some of these other players by Sheffield United... I think you've got to say, well, come on, when, what, what was the point of expanding the squad? I don't know, maybe I'm being harsh. No, I think that is a good point. We're not, and, and I suppose I hadn't really considered that with what I was saying, that we didn't have much depth last season where we're playing more games this season, hopefully more still if we get through this the group stage or, or finish third. Um, and you, you, you are, as a, as a fan, kind of champing at the bit, like, is it champing at the bit or chomping? Chomping, at the, isn't it? Is it chomping? Yeah. We're champing because we're... Champions. Really... We're championing at the bit. Um, you do want to see those signings. You want to understand how they fit into the squad. You want to know, what, like, 
how are you going to play this player and how, how what are they going to what are they going to show us but you do have to also trust that what's being done is the best thing that could be done for the team i don't think eddie howe and mad dog are looking for a swift exit <laughs> i think they want glory and they're doing what they think is best for the team newcastle are fortunate they've got milan on tuesday and they don't play it till sunday 4.30, in theory, the weakest side in the division, maybe apart from Luton. So mm. in terms of selection of, of fixture and time, there are many a Champions League playing manager who would enjoy that. And, you know, to show you the other side of it, um, AC Milan, before our fixture, this is before and after, but before, have got into Milan away in their biggest, one of their two biggest games of the season. Um, so Newcastle actually going to this week with a little bit more going for them, maybe, than the opposition. Uh, great point about Sheffield United at Spurs side. Also, that's a big game for them. Mm. You, could, you know, whilst Heckenbottom might not be under pressure yet, you can't keep losing games of football almost at any mm. level and just get away with it. Like something yeah. has to give. Fans just don't stand for it. And then you've got Brentford, who've had you know an okay start to the season, but you know they they only got a draw last time out in the 96 minute or something against um, against Brentford. Against Brentford, they are Brentford. <laughs> against what Bournemouth, a weird game that was. Yeah, I can't uh, manage it. So they've they've won one and drawn three of their opening, which is which is decent. But you know, a, a defeat it becomes one win in five. So there are, there are plenty of questions for our opponents this week. As a week, if you look at their week as a whole, just like there are for Newcastle United, and I think Newcastle are better than all of those three teams. It doesn't mean you're going to win all three games, but ultimately, I just think it's set up so nicely for us. And like you say. Sai and, and Charlotte, there might be some some rotation in there, particularly by that Sheffield United game. But if Newcastle put out an eleven that beat Brentford and then go to the San Siro and win or play very well and create lots of chances and do lots of nice things, you know, as fans you probably think, don't change it. Yeah. It's so good, yeah. it's so beautiful, don't change it. So please wear not pay to make those decisions or any other footballing decisions apart from <laughs> when this podcast airs and what we'll talk about. <laughs> Me too. We're gonna move on to part three. So a couple more adverts and back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Thought we'd just end the show with uh, a couple of non-football or non-Premier League things. First of all, the trip to Milan, the Champions League draw. I don't know what it's been for you guys, listener, a lot of you, but Charlotte, Sai, and I, we've been looking at Europe's various transport routes, accommodation options. You know, there's been a lot of talk about ticketing, so I thought we might touch on that as well. Um, but Charlotte, me and you are in Milan. Next week. Next week. Not right now. Not right now. You're not on the podcast at the weekend so you can't even talk about it then so now's now's your chance thoughts are you looking forward to it exciting how does it feel exciting yeah it does feel exciting i like to travel i like to see new places i was in milan 
last month. So, <laughs> so it's not as new for me, but I was only there for something like a day and a half. So I'm excited to go back. I'm excited to see Newcastle fans there. I want to see how many are traveling without a ticket just to create some atmosphere. This one is probably the one that was hardest for people because it was um, not much notice. It's in a way, it's very expensive. Um, and um, it's also Milan Fashion Week. So a lot of people will probably have a clash. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, I am excited. I, I'm re- I've never been to the San Siro. I've never been to an European game, I don't think. Certainly not away from home. So in that respect, I just, the sort of spectacle of it all is something I'm really looking forward to. Um, also, I feel like I haven't been to any football for ages. That's going to be my first game in a while. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I am, I'm very excited. I don't feel any nerves about it yet, if, if that's also in your question. I don't feel nervous about it. I think I want to wait and see what happens on Saturday against Brentford, see how we're looking, and uh, I'll probably get nervous around Monday or Tuesday. So you're not going to this one, but just, just how is it feeling as Newcastle's first Champions League game gets closer into view? Um, I'm only looking ahead of the next game would be the uh, the answer to that I'm only thinking about Brentford right now um, <laughs> no uh, yeah I haven't really quite thought about it because I, I, I can't remember watching Champions League football it's that long now uh, I can't remember what I did for away games I'm sure I was just at home watching them on the telly of course but I don't have much memory of those whereas I've, this is the first time as an adult I've got options of why am I going to watch the game am I going to go to my mates am I going to go to the pub am I going to try and find some atmosphere or am I just going to sit at home because I'm so nervous and it's a weeknight for me I'm not taking the days off work whereas you guys are travelling um, yeah, it hasn't really sunk in. It's going to be such a big occasion, and it's one of those where you kind of you want to make something of it, even though it's going to be a Tuesday night. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what other people are doing. That I would like to have been part of the people who just travel without a ticket. Um, I remember Bruges and Depardieu got ten thousand Geordies, three thousand tickets. Like, just overtook a city. It'll be class, Charlotte. I, I can't. I'm so jealous of you guys going. But yeah, um, as a as a home supporter watching the away team, I, I don't quite know how to prepare for it because it's so long since we've had this experience that it's all exciting and new but I haven't really got an answer to your question Dodds I don't know yet what I'm going to be doing <laughs> got to beat Brentford first yeah it feels like it feels, I don't know there's something about like like why are you asking me that yeah we've got another game I know this isn't a Brentford preview but sadly for you sir we've got podcasts to plan and we can't wait until the, <laughs> until the Brentford game to, to discuss them I'm afraid um yeah, it, it, like it just I just think it's just this thing on the horizon. I'm really keen to get I'm not keen to get the first one out of the way because I'm going and I want to see us play well and win and experience all the things that we hope to experience as fans going away from home and watch a team in Europe. But also just like once you're in the campaign, once match day one, that's what you have to say for Champions League fixes is match day, not game week like mm-hmm. the Premier League. If anyone actually talks like that in real life. But match day match day one's out of the way. I'm just I just can't wait to kind of be in it, to be looking what our opponents do, to be mm. looking what our rivals do it just it's just incredible and i just think that tuesday in particular just that everyone listening to this and everyone around the world is just going to be the hardest day to get through at work or wherever you are doing whatever you do because newcastle united are playing in the san siro i think it's four thousand two hundred. that's what i, I yeah, heard right, yeah. yeah four thousand two hundred, maybe as many as four thousand five hundred. it's a decent allocation it's not what we took in in um oh three oh two um Oh three, it doesn't matter. Oh three, um, because they don't give you as many tickets. There has been a lot of kind of ticketing stuff recently. The, the supporters trust have done a survey, and it's just kind of been, you know, the 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 whole thing is new to everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, ticketing, but the the difficulty of getting tickets 
sorry, not getting tickets, getting transport, getting hotels, flying from Manchester, Luton, London, Edinburgh. It's almost impossible, if not impossible, to fly to this game from Newcastle or an airport close. People have been very critical about how slowly the club got the tickets out. I've got no idea where, where blame, if there is any need to be apportioned for that. But it does just seem to be now all of that's out the way. Everyone who's going to the game knows they're going to the game. Everyone who's traveling to the game with a ticket likely has transport booked. It's just like this incredibly exciting time. And Brentford's almost, almost there. Like, even though I think it's the more important game for what I said about the Premier League before, it's just like a distraction to me. I just want to be, I just want to be in the car on the way down to Manchester. So I'll fly to Manchester at 6 a.m. in the morning. Um, AM in the morning. <laughs> um, Necessary to get to get on that plane because it's <laughs> it's the most exciting fixture in a long, long time as a Newcastle United fan for me. Um, please tune into my podcast that I host after Brentford, where it's definitely not an irrele- irrelevant. <laughs> I'll give it everything I've got, especially for win. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a very very exciting time to be a supporter. Um, thoughts on any of the ticket and stuff you've heard? It's just it just seems to be this big negative at the minute, like lots and lots of people on social media not happy with the ticketing system. Oh, come on, it was what, like 18-day turnaround. It was always going to have to be an incremental drop in the points. I think everyone wanted it to be a home game first, and it's much easier to prepare True. for a home game. In the end, you got a bit more time. Um, Italy has never been an easy place to fly to from Newcastle, so that was always going to be a problem. Um, so, yeah, it, it's... it's it's uh, The problem is, is that, yeah, as a, as a supporter, desperate to get to the first Champions League away game, you're going to take the gamble on paying for expensive flights, expensive hotels, and, and all of that without really knowing what's happening with tickets. And that's where I can understand the frustration. But yeah, there's there's no one you can blame for the fact that the club had like six days or whatever to really get a ticketing mechanism in place to get people enough time to get their tickets whilst also booting their travel. It's just one of those things like for all the other games, there's more than enough time for everyone mm-hmm. to prepare. There'll be more than enough time for the club to do it a bit more strategically, a bit more quickly so that tickets are sorted and, and dished out. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not going, I haven't really... I'd, I'd, I'd accepted pretty quickly that that was going to be too soon for me, so I didn't have to get upset about ticketing. <laughs> I think people just want tickets. People are upset because people want tickets. It's nice. It's nice. People want to go and watch our team play. It's harder to get tickets now. In terms of this specific game, like Sai says, it's not big turnaround time. It's um, you don't know who you're going to get. You have to correspond with. You have to bring in a translator and correspond <laughs> with the box office at AC Milan but they might be shite like you don't know they might be absolutely shite um and so that is it is difficult it's a difficult thing to what are you laughing at I respect AC Milan a lot if they'll only send emails in Italian (laughs) (laughs) I needless I really feel like they do like I really think that that would be their personal brand um Sandro (laughs) in you come son Let's see you earn your money. Um, yes, I think I think it is it, it is frustrating when you're trying to plan. It is frustrating when you want to get excited and you don't know if you're going to get a ticket or, you, like I said, cost of living and, and it, things are expensive. Getting to Milan is expensive. There is a flight to Milan but it la- from Newcastle, but yeah. it lands after the game finishes, so unless you go a week early. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you see the cost... the Brentford cost, game then. <laughs> Um, the costs mount up, but um, I think, like the squad, ticketing will get tweaked and tweaked and tweaked, and it will get better and better. I mean that that it, nice answer, positive. It, yeah, it got it's got to. It's, it's been it's given itself lots of room to get better. <laughs> so um, I mean, it. I hate the phrase "it is what it is," but it sort of is. 
at the moment. There's not loads we as fans can do. There are some frustrations. There are things that need to be ironed out. There are communications that probably could be better. Um, But this particular game, I I don't really hold anybody um, in contempt because they really didn't have a lot of time. And AC Milan only corresponded in Italian. (laughs) Or Latin. (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave it there. Thanks so much to you two. Thanks to everybody who's listened. We'll be back with another one of these free podcasts on Sunday morning after the glorious victory, I'm sure, against Brentford at home. And then we can all look ahead to the big one in Milan. If you like what we do, come and join us on Patreon if you want to hear lots more podcasts like these week after week. It's between three and eight pounds a month, five and eight pounds a month if you want extra podcasts to listen to. There's a link in the description to this podcast to get involved. I'll speak to you all after that Brentford game. Bye-bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.